You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. This morning, I am thankful for Kingdom Connections. Many of you know that last week I was not here in the house in person because I was down in Ponte Vedra and Nocatee um, speaking for Pastor Arlie Whitlow at Roots Church, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to get invited to do that, and I'm also thankful for a church that will allow me um, those opportunities as well and to take advantage of them. We had an incredible time being at Roots, but I can definitely tell you many people have asked, hey, how did it go last week? Um, And my reply has been the same across the board. It went great, but we missed being at Christ's Walk. There truly is no place like home. But when we talk about those kingdom connections, um, some of you have heard me talk about the Next Level Relational Network that, um, that I and Sarah belong to, a group of um, pastors and, and pastors' wives leading churches all over North America. And um, we're so thankful and grateful to be a part of that. And as a result, we get to um, come in contact with and meet and network with uh, some of the most incredible ministers and leaders. And um, today, uh, one of those guys... Um, who is a part of my specific brotherhood group in the Next Level Relational Network, is coming to deliver the message. Uh, Pastor Shannon Eaton from uh, Life City Church in Jacksonville that he pastors along with his wife Jessica, and they have two kids, um, Asher and Joy, who are with us today. They're over in Kids Church, and so Pastor Shannon has come to share the word, and there's something that you need to know about Pastor Shannon. It's one of my favorite things about him. Um, He is a former professional wrestler, so if you don't give him some amens and track with his message this morning, he will put you in a body slam after service, so you've been warned. You've been warned. But as he makes his way to the stage, would you give a nice, warm Christwalk welcome to Pastor Shannon Eaton? What is up, Christwalk? I'm so privileged to be here with you this morning, and I want to say uh, right away, could we just put our hands together for your pastors, Blake and Sarah? They are such kind and amazing people. And I never take lightly the privilege of, of standing Um, in a place where I know the word of God is preached um, and that the pastors care for and love for their people. I'm so grateful for my wife being with me. Uh, She allows me uh, to do this. Sometimes she writes the messages for me. um, And then just, no, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But listen, I I believe that God wants to speak to us today. I believe that he has a word uh, for us today right where we are. I'm happy to come alongside you in a series that you're in on the heroes of faith. And I actually... Um, get to speak about one, uh, one of my favorite uh, figures in the Bible. And I think that we're going to find that we might find ourselves in the place that we pick up this story. But I just want to ask the Lord to open our eyes to see today, open our ears to hear, open our hearts to believe uh, and receive what he has for us. Because I believe that we're going to leave with our faith built. I believe that we're going to leave encouraged to do uh, all that God has created us to do. And so I titled this message uh, on Elijah, strength for the journey, strength 
for the journey. How many of you be honest and say that I feel like I, I just need some encouragement? I, I feel like I could, if the Lord could just lift me, if he could just speak to my heart and, and just strengthen me a little bit, that I would uh, be okay. And so I think when we talk about faith, what's, what's interesting is when we talk about faith, we tend to think about the mountaintop. You know, those mountaintop experiences where everything went well, where we got the provision that we wanted, that the healing came through, that the breakthroughs came through, that the relationship worked out all right. And, and God certainly moves in faith to do that. Um, but I want to look at Elijah specifically because he reminds me uh, that, that faith and, and the life of faith is a life that's really filled with hills and valleys. Does that make sense? It, it, it's... it's uh, a place, the life of faith is a place where we do have our mountaintop experiences and our spiritual highs, but we also have our low points. And I want to encourage somebody, just because you have your low point or you're in a valley or you're in a pit right now, does not mean you don't have faith. It doesn't mean that there's something that's wrong with your walk with the Lord. It's just part of the process. Somebody say part of the process. Or say it like you meant it. Say part of the process. And so... While we associate the victories with faith, I want to remind you that even when we may not be feeling that sense of victory in our life yet, we still have faith. And so what we have to look at, and the first point that I want to make just by way of introduction is this, is the greatest battles in our mind, they, they often occur not after defeat, but after victory. See, sometimes we, we associate being at a low point or a pit in our life is we just got defeated, but sometimes the enemy, he attacks us, and if I could be real, a lot of times the attack that comes against us is after we've experienced this great spiritual high. Why? Because we, we, we were caught by something unexpected. You ever hit, had something hit you that was unexpected? You ever had something, you know, it's not those things that we knew were going to happen or there was a possibility that were going to happen, but it was those things that kind of sideswiped us, that um, they caught us off guard and they really affected our faith. And there's a reason this happens. Um, and all of this is introduction before I get to Elijah. Um, and I always have to say, Pastor, right away, you have to make a decision whether you're going to trust the preacher when he tells you he's not going to be long. <laughs> I'm not going to be long. <laughs> but I want to just give you some things that the enemy tries to do by way of introduction. And, and, and you'll see maybe how this plays out uh, in your own life, but one of the things that the enemy seeks to do in your life through your test and your struggle and your pit is to simply bring doubt. In other words, you go through something and he wants you to, to look at your test and look at what's coming against you, look at what you're fearing, look at what you're worried about, look at what you're anxious about, and, and simply say, see, you shouldn't believe God. You shouldn't believe the promise. You shouldn't believe that he's going to take care of you. You shouldn't believe uh, that he's going to come through for you uh, in your life. And he knows that if he can get us to doubt, then the next thing that's going to follow eventually is discouragement. In other words, if I don't believe that God is going to do what he said, if I don't believe that he's going to do what he promised, if I start asking myself, man, maybe that wasn't God that promised he was going to come through for me. Maybe it wasn't God that called me. Maybe it wasn't God that said he was going to give me the provision or the healing or whatever it is that I'm praying. Maybe it was just me. Y'all ever been there? where it was taking too long and you started to say, when I, when I heard the voice of God clearly that he was going to be there for me and love me and comfort me and remind me of hope, I, I remember hearing it clearly, but it's been so long that maybe it was just me. Maybe, maybe it wasn't God at all. And then when I start to question what he said, then I become discouraged. 
And so what follows after discouragement, we'll see this in Elijah's life, is now distraction. Once I get discouraged, the enemy has a foothold in my life if I'm not careful to start moving my focus in a place that it's not supposed to go. We, can we be honest and say sometimes I lost my focus? Sometimes my test and my struggle caused me to get my eyes off of God and more focused on what I'm going through. He loves that because then he can get us to that fourth thing. Distortion. In other words, now I'm doubting, I'm discouraged, I'm distracted. So now I'm not seeing, watch this, I'm not seeing things the way they really are. In other words, the problem is it's big, but it's bigger than I possibly um, could fathom in my mind. And, and if I'm not careful, I get a distorted view and say that my problem is bigger than God's ability to fix it. You've ever been there? Where I, I was praying, but I really don't think, God, you're going to answer because this one is a really big one. Lord, I, I'm seeking your face. I'm doing all the right things. I'm praying. I'm going to church. I'm, I'm in a small group. I'm doing all the stuff the pastors tell me I should do. But I'm not really sure, God, you're going to come through for me. Distortion. And then he loves to get us in this fifth place, and that's division. Once I walk through those four things, now I have a problem, watch this, with people, and I have a problem with God because I'm going through something, but I'm watching somebody else get answers to prayer while I'm still waiting. Come on, y'all be, oh, y'all are super saved. That never happens to you, so, so, so I'm saying, you Come on, man. You ever, you ever, like, been praying, and you go on somebody, you go, you scrolling through social, and then you say, wait a minute. And they got what I was praying for. It's so, I'm like, no, nah, I can't admit that. And so you click the like button, but you don't really like it. <laughs> oh, man, social media is the one place you can be dishonest and get away with it. But you know you didn't want to put that heart button on there. When is it my turn, God? When are you going to come through for me? Because I love you. I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I'm checking all the boxes. I'm doing all the right things. When is it my turn? When are you going to remember all the sacrifices that I made? When are you going to remember the people that I helped, the people that I loved? people that I cared about. And you know what it makes you do? It makes you want to give up. God, I quit. I'm done. I'm through. And here's what he wants to remind us of. The enemy wants us to give up. But God wants us to look up. Could it be that sometimes we stay in our discouragement because we're looking at the wrong thing. And I want to tell you that sometimes the quickest path to get encouraged is to get your eyes off the problem. And not get it on the promise, but get it on the one who made the promise. And if we can get it on the one who made the promise, let me tell you something. Praise will start to rise up in you because you praise him because you remember that God's track record is good. That if he provided before, he'll provide again. If he healed before, he'll heal again. If he set free before He'll set free again. And I said all that because I want to talk briefly about Elijah. Because Elijah, we kind of associate him with a bunch of miracles, if you know anything about him. I mean, he has a dirty, stingy bird feed him every day. 
night and day, brings him flesh and brings him food in the morning, brings him food at night. He drinks miraculously by a brook, all at the word of God. The brook dries up, and then God sends him to a widow woman. He sends him to a woman with not a lot of resources. He says, I commanded this woman who doesn't have a lot to sustain you. Goes and does that. He raises the dead. And this is all the stuff we tend to remember him for. But I want to tell you, his greatest battle starts after he has one of the greatest victories in Scripture, where he confronts God's people, and he says, look, man, if... If God is God, serve him. If God is not, serve this other stuff that you're serving. And so he ends up going into this battle with the prophets. And, you know, if you know the story, the, the battle ends with God honoring the sacrifice of Elijah and the false prophets of the day losing. And that's where we pick up in 1 Kings 19. And I want you to listen to this maybe with some fresh ears this morning because I think you'll find yourself somewhere in this story, it says in verse 1 of 1 Kings chapter 19, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. Listen, may the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just like you killed the prophets. And look at Elijah's response. If you have your scripture, it says, Elijah was afraid, and he fled for his life. Now, I want to give you some perspective here. Now, he's just defeated hundreds of prophets with a word from God, and he gets one sentence. He gets one text from Jezebel. If you're not dead by this time tomorrow, and he shows us something, this word, this text causes him, to give you perspective, it causes him to run 125 miles in less than a day. He's just defeated false hundreds of them. And he gets one sentence that makes him run 125 miles in less than 24 hours. And the thing is, is if Jezebel wanted him dead, she could have done that. She didn't want him dead, she wanted him gone. And this is what I need you to, to understand about this story is we have to guard our hearts because we can go from faith to fear in an instant. See, we always think that this life of faith is like, man, I just, I believe God all the time and everything is. But the truth of the matter is he goes from bold faith, watch this, God can do anything, to running from somebody who shot him one sentence and a threat, and, and our life is just like that. In an instant, we can be on the mountaintop, and somebody can call us, and every ounce of what we think we have as faith is gone in a moment. And what, what, what do we do when that happens, when we go from bold faith to intense fear? We do the same thing Elijah did. Let's keep reading. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. And he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. I've had enough. Lord said, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who's already died. And then he laid down and slept under the broom tree. So I want you all to really get this. The guy who can pray and rain comes. And then he can pray and rain stops. This is the kind of power God had him walking in. He prays and it rains. All right, rain. Don't rain. And it doesn't rain. And then he goes from that to asking God, I'm done. 
He prays to the God that he's been walking with all his life. Take me home. You ever been in those moments where you were just done? I know you can't tell anybody because you don't want anybody to know, but, but you, you get in those moments where I'm, I'm through. You got a smile on your face. You're doing the fist bump, the handshake. You're hugging, but inside you're finished. You're done. People ask you, how are you doing? I'm blessed, right? But like Elijah, God, I, your, your prayer is you're telling them you're okay, but you're praying to God, I've had enough. I can't take this anymore. And here's what he thought, and here's what we think. We often think we need to escape when we really need to be empowered. How many times have you asked God, just get me out of this? Just get me out of this place that I'm in right now. Just take me out of it because we think we got to get away. And God has said, you don't need to escape. That's not the problem. You need to be empowered. You need your passion restored. You need your hope restored. You need your faith restored. No, no, no. Don't give up. You don't need to get away. You just need to be refreshed. You need to be renewed. You need to be revived. How many of you need to be revived? Be honest. Like, God, I, I'm doing it. Like, I'm doing everything that, that I need to do at this time. But, God, I need you to breathe fresh life into me. I need my passion back. I need my joy back. I need my hope back. Here's the principle. Don't quit when you get tired. Rest when you get tired. Think about how many times you whispered to yourself, I quit. I'm done. I'm through. And God's word to you today, don't, don't quit when you get tired. Just rest. Don't you know that we're not supposed to quit till we get finished? Because everyone in the sound of my voice today, we have an assignment on our lives. We have something that God wants to do in us. We have something that God wants to do through us. There are people that God wants to reach through us. So the enemy would love nothing more than to you to say right now to throw in the towel and quit and give up. And I would challenge you that some of us, our greatest breakthrough will come when we take a nap. I know that's real deep. But hear me. See, sometimes we think that we need God to do a whole lot of things in order for us to make it through. And sometimes he's saying, you're tempted to quit and really you need about a half hour to go lay on your couch somewhere and take a nap. I'll prove it to you. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And so he drank and he laid down again. The angel of the Lord. Let me stop. I started off something. You ever have something you get right in that good groove of sleeping? And then you got either kids or a wife. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. <laughs> like you could, you, you know that moment though, that everybody knows that moment where you hit that groove in sleep where it's just, okay, I'm there. And all of a sudden they want to kick you or they, now they want to talk. I've been up all day. And now you want, I feel like this is kind of comical part of this in seriousness because he's run 20, 125 miles and now he's tired and he's sleeping. As soon as he hits that good groove, the angel of the Lord is like, here, 
You want something to eat? Eats it and goes back to sleep. And then the angel of the Lord comes again and he touches him. He says, get up and eat some more. Watch this. Or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. He's saying like in this moment where you finally decided to stop. Watch this. That you need to realize that you need to be refreshed and restored and renewed again. Because there's something in front of you. There's a journey in front of you. You've been all caught up in what Jezebel said and in your fears and in your anxiety, but I have, God has something in front of you, so I need you to rest and be refreshed right now so you can do what God wants you to do tomorrow. Y'all caught that yet? In other words, we always think that everything is about right now, but sometimes God is doing something in us and for us so that we can have strength for the journey uh, so that we can move forward in everything that he has uh, for our lives, for our families, for the people that he wants us to reach. Let me, let me keep going. I'm getting excited before I want to. Okay, so he says, uh, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and the food, this is crazy. The food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he came to the cave where he spent the night. Here's what God does in some seasons, and this might be where you are. Sometimes God will sustain us. Watch this. Sometimes God will sustain us so that he can get us to the place where he can speak to us. What, what do you mean, Pastor? I'm praying, and I don't have an answer. I'm praying, and, and I still don't have clear direction. I'm praying, and I don't, I don't feel the faith. Yet. And, and don't be discouraged because what God might be doing is saying, look, I'm sustaining you. You're not, you're not quite at the place where I, I can speak to you yet. But there's still a miracle in the fact that I'm sustaining you. Watch this to the point that you can get there. In other words, I'm going to speak to you in 40 days is what God is saying. But I need to feed you now so you can get to the place where I can reveal what I want to do next. Does that make sense? Okay. So sometimes he'll speak to it or he'll sustain us so that he can get us to the place that he can speak to us. But the Lord said to him, it's the next verse. What are you doing here, Elijah? Isn't it crazy? God sustains him to get to the next place, and then God asks him, what are you doing here? Say this with me. God, never ask questions for information. Isn't it something? Every time I see God ask questions in the Bible, I have to remind myself, wait a minute. God doesn't need me to inform him. God doesn't need me to give him insight or wisdom or understanding. He doesn't need me to guide his decision. You know how some of us pray, God, it, it would be great if you could answer this prayer and if you could show up by Tuesday at 3 or 30. <laughs> that would be tremendous. But if he's not asking us questions for information, what's he doing? Well, let's look at the... Um, Elijah's reply first. Elijah replied, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, killed every one of your prophets, and I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. He's pouring out his heart to Almighty God. God asks him a question, watch this, that causes him to examine where he is. So God doesn't ask, just like he started in the garden when he asked Adam and Eve, where are you? He's, he's not asking because he didn't know where they're. He's, he's not, and he's not asking you because he doesn't know where you are in your life. He's asking you so that you can be honest with him. Watch this. 
and get past the place of superficial conversation with him, pretentious conversation with him, fake conversation with him. Sometimes, I think all times, God wants you to be honest and say, God, I'm struggling. God, my heart is broken. Something, something is wrong in my mind. And I, God, I need help. This is what he's doing. The prophet God is saying, look, I've, I've done everything you told me to do, God. Watch this. And where has it gotten me? Do I have anybody in here who says, I've, I've tried to do the right thing? Where has it gotten me? Let me get more real. I was kind to them, and they weren't kind to me. I was there for them, and they weren't there for me. I encouraged them when they were hurting, and when I was hurting, I couldn't even get a text. They act like they don't even know me. He says, I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. And here's what I saw. Sometimes the greatest demonstration of our faith, watch this, is in sharing our honest feelings with the Lord. See, faith is, we, we're going to claim some things by faith. We're going to speak some things by faith. But sometimes faith isn't that. Sometimes faith is, God, here I am. And this is what's really on my heart. And I believe that if you can tug on the heartstrings of God, that's one of the ways you can do it. Just like when your children come to you and they're honest with you about something. And watch this. As small as it may seem to you, you still respond because of their purity and their honesty before you. And I think when we go to the Lord and we say, this is where I am, God. Something causes him to move towards us and begin us to, to remove the distortion from our lives so we can see things as they really are. Let's keep going. No matter how, no matter what we're thinking or feeling, God will always try to bring us to the place that we can hear him. What does that mean? There are times in your life where you have so much going on that you can't hear him. You, you have been there? Be honest. Like, 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 I love him, but, man, I got bills to pay. I got responsibilities to worry about. Family's sick. Relationship is jacked. There's so much going on. It's hard for me in those moments to hear him. And so what he does, like he does with Elijah, says, let me just bring you to a place where you can have some time with me. So look what he says. Go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But listen to this next part. But the Lord was not in the wind. Isn't it something when we're asking him and looking for something spectacular, but he may not be in that? Side note, everything that's significant is not spectacular. Let's keep going. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Watch this. After the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And Elijah's like, in all that I'm going through, that whisper is something I know. Isn't that crazy? God is so good that, that, that you could be going through everything. But in the midst of all the chaos around you. And it's not, it's, if we're honest and we, if you turn on your television, which I don't do much of at all, or any type of thing, you can see, listen, there's some issues in our world. But the one thing God won't ever let his children do is get to the point 
where we, can, where we can't have this gentle whisper that reminds us, I'm still here. I still love you. I'm still concerned about you. I still care about you. And Elijah's like, that gentle whisper, that's something I know. And it causes him to wrap himself in the cloak. Let's finish this story. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. When we're experiencing difficulties, we need to make certain that the voice we're hearing is the voice of God. This is something I tell our people at our church, and I think it's good for us. The voice we listen to is the voice we'll believe, and the voice we believe is the voice we will always follow. 100% of the time, the voice we listen to is the voice we believe. The voice we believe is the voice we follow. Why are you saying that? Why is that important, Pastor? Because we have to understand that we are inundated with information coming from all places. We're inundated with opinions. We're inundated. We, we can be going through something, and the enemy's constantly whispering lies, trying to rob us of our faith, trying to rob us of our hope. And in those moments, we need to make sure that the voice we're hearing is the voice of God. And so he says, and the voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied. And Elijah gives him the same response. I've served you. I've done this. I've done that. I, I, I've, I, and I'm the only one left. Say this with me. Fear sees the problem. But faith sees the promise. Fear sees the problem, but faith sees the promise. And so God says in that moment a second time, look at this. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king, anoint Jehu grandson to be king of Israel, and anoint Elijah uh, to replace you as my promise, my prophet. Here's what God is doing. He's reminding Elijah as he reminds us that faith understands that sometimes God's greatest breakthrough will be found in a difficult place. We love comfort. Oh, y'all don't like to be comfortable? We love comfort. We love convenience. But sometimes faith tells us that, that God will speak and he'll do mighty things in difficult places. Faith understands that sometimes God's most powerful instructions will be found in an uncomfortable place. You ever been uncomfortable? Like, I don't like where I am right now. I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I want to be. I'm kind of in this Elijah place of in between. I've had great victory, but I'm fearing what the lies of the enemy says are coming my way. And here's what I want to close with. I want to share some just encouragement with you, just to build your faith here. Because I think this is what God does with Elijah and he does with us. He just, he makes some, and you're going to be like, Pastor, these are basic. But let me tell you, these basics, if you catch them, I'm not going to be long with it, for real. If you catch it, it'll take your faith to the next level. We can have faith in the face of the most challenging of difficulties, number one, because God knows where we are. God knows exactly where you are. You ever felt like nobody could understand what you were going through in a moment? Like, I, I, I want to be in a different place, but nobody could really understand. I want to talk to people about what I'm experiencing, but nobody could really grasp it. Here's the good news. God knows where you are. Second thing, God knows why you're there. Why is that important? Because some of us, we get hung up like I'm in this place because of the mistakes that I made. I'm in this place because of the failures that I've had doesn't matter. God knows why you. 
are where you are. But this is the part that I get excited about. Because where we are is not where we have to stay. Say that with me. Where I am is not where I have to stay. Why? Because God knows where he's taken you. And that ought to inspire you today because some of us feel like I cannot get out of this. I cannot get out of this place in my mind and in my heart. I can't get out of this discouragement. I can't get out of this doubt. I'm just struggling. And I'm telling you, you don't have to stay where you are because you have a God who's all powerful, who's all knowing, who knows exactly where he's taken you. God is not confused about the assignment that he has on your life. He's not confused about the purpose uh, that he has for you. And here's another thing just to remind you, this is this. I love this. God isn't nervous you're like what yeah yeah yeah. God God isn't nervous let me tell you something when you go to him in prayer he doesn't call an emergency meeting with the angels and say hey boys let's get together and figure out how we're gonna help this person let's figure out how we're gonna help no 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 before you got to the problem God already had the solution before you got to the struggle God already initiated your peace before you got to the sickness he had an answer come on y'all somebody say amen I'm just trying to remind you of how big God is because if you get confused about that the enemy will have a field day but you you serve a God who is not nervous about your situation. God has no emergencies. You're like, man, this is big for me. Yeah, yeah. This is huge. I got a problem I can't even talk to people about. I don't know what I'm going to do. And God is saying to you, look, I don't have emergencies. I can speak to your situation and turn it around just like that. And as I share this last thing, would you stand with me? Like I said, all these are not deep. When I say this last thing, I want you, as you hear it, to take this next 45 seconds to take the mask off. And in your heart, I want you to lay your real concerns before the Lord. Just like Elijah had experienced great victories in his life, but he comes to God and says, I'm scared. I'm tired. I'm struggling. In this next few minutes, I want you to do the same thing. I just want you to say, Lord, here's what is really going on. And here's the good news. As you're doing that, God has already made provision for our cares. He's already made provision for our concerns. And he's already made provision for the thing that a lot of us, including our society, has us scared about. He's made provision for your future. And if I'm honest, all the information that's coming our way, people won't say it, but it has them scared, it has them frightened, it has them nervous. And so God is using this moment right now to just encourage you and remind you, I'm still there for you. If you're discouraged, I want to bring you encouragement. 
you're battling in your mind, I want to give you peace. If you're struggling in your faith, I want to encourage your faith. And so here's what I want to do briefly. Sometimes God asks us for a step of faith. It doesn't make sense to us. It sometimes can be an inconvenience for us in our own minds, but he asks us to just take a step of faith. And so I want to challenge you today. If you are battling, honestly, anything, your mind, you, you, whatever God has taken a long time seems to, to meet your need or, or meet you in that place in your heart that you've laid before him, here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to step out of your comfort zone. Won't be long. Nobody's going to embarrass you, call you out. But I, I want you to take a step out of your seat and come to the altar because I want to pray for you. If you're here, I God, I have a need. I have some things that, that are really weighing on me. I want to pray for you all. Um, and certainly pray for you where you are. I won't force you to. But I believe for some of you, that's the step of faith that God might be asking you for today. So in this moment, as we... Um, just allow a little bit of space, a little bit of time. If that's you, don't hesitate. Just walk up um, and we'll pray and believe God to move um, in your life. Not going to be long. If it's not, we'll pray for you where you are. Certainly. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Your breakthrough is in that step literally in that step. Sometimes we look for something big and significant. This is faith right here. So many, I, I, literally at your breaking point, but smiling for everybody else. God is going to do something for you in this moment that starts to restore your joy, your peace, your passion, your hope. All that the enemies tried to rob you of. If it's not you, just lift your hands where you are and pray for the ones that it is. And if it's you in your seat, God sees you as you lift your hands. Kind Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these who have taken a step of faith. What a tremendous battle, even as the enemy would fight them to come to this altar. But the humility in coming is a step that breaks the lies of the enemy. And so I speak over them today that every lie of the enemy be silenced and stopped in the name of Jesus. Every weight, every care, every worry, you remind them that you've already made provision for it. Lord, that you've already cleansed them of every fault, every failure, every perceived inadequacy. As they've said time after time, I don't measure up, I'm not enough, I feel inadequate. Remind them that they have sufficiency in you, that you are enough. And I ask you to give them a fresh filling of your spirit. 
right now that when they get up from this altar that they leave with courage. Lord, that you begin to give them a revelation of their assignment and their calling, Lord. Remind them that they are enough and that through the power of the Holy Spirit, they will accomplish everything that you have created and designed them to do. Give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Lord, give them uncommon understanding as they, they face the issues of life, whether it be on their job, whether it be in school, whether it be in their ministry or their calling, Lord, that their ears are in tune to what you are saying and it is deaf to the lies of the enemy. Remind them, as John 10, 10 said, that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that you've come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I speak life back into you right now in the name of Jesus. I speak hope back into you in the name of Jesus. I speak strength into you in the name of Jesus. I anoint your hands even right now for everything that God would place in it. I declare a new beginning for you in the name of Jesus. Oh, I declare that an outpour of the Holy Spirit shall come upon your life. And even as you rest and sleep every night, you'll be restored. I speak that God would give you visions and dreams uh, from him to remind you of his goodness, his grace, his presence, his power. And that he reminds you that you are enough because he's more than enough. God, wrap your arms of love around her like never before. In the name of Jesus, fill her with your love, your compassion, and your strong hand. boldness, peace. I'm not going to be much longer, y'all. The filling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're going to do in his life. Thank you for what you're going to do in his life. In the name of Jesus. Bless her life. Bless her life. Bless her life. Bless her life. Continue to anoint her hands. That she release everything this day that would keep her from that free fall of faith. You are a woman of faith. And I declare, God, that everything that you have intended and designed for her to accomplish and for them to accomplish in this life, they shall do it. And now I pray for everyone in this congregation, that part of this Christ Walk family, that they would have a renewed sense of hope, passion, and courage as they lead people to be more like Christ. For it's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.